Coming up on AEA Amplified, Gary Joyce reflects on his time as chair of the AEA's Board of Directors. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company, and a leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis S-Tech 5000 is the latest digital autopilot, providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload. And it's being certified for Part 23 and Part 25 retrofit aircraft, such as high-performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the S-Tech 5000, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Hi again, everybody. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this April 20th, 2022 edition of AEA Amplified. And our guest today is Mr. Gary Joyce. He's the co-owner of IAE in the United Kingdom. And last month, he completed a three-year term as chair of the AEA Board of Directors. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. And how are you doing today? Hi, Jeff. I'm very well, thank you. And uh, thanks for the invite to participate in this podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. And Gary, let me begin by thanking you for your service and all those long hours, months, and many years that you've spent dedicated to the AEA and our members located in 43 countries. And certainly on behalf of the membership, we're very thankful that you will continue to serve as our board's immediate past chairman over the next few years. So we're not going to get you away from us anytime soon, fortunately. And <laughs> Let's take a quick walk yeah, down memory right. lane. Uh, you were first elected by the AA membership to represent the European region on the board of directors back in 2010. And prior to that, you started your career as an avionics mechanic in the Royal Air Force in 1989. So I'm curious, what first sparked your interest in aircraft, in aircraft electronics? Um, well, I guess it's just, uh, I always had an interest in, in electronics, um, used to tinker at home. Uh, with radios and try to see how they work and how we could break them and then fix them again. Um, and then, so I had no aviation interest whatsoever. Um, and it took um, a visit from uh, a Royal Air Force squadron leader to our school to um, to kind of promote the Air Force. And, and he mentioned in there, there was such a thing as aircraft electronics, um, which I had no, um, no clue about. And as I say, previously no interest. So popped down to my local uh, recruitment office and, and you know, went from there and, and got then the passion for, for aircraft and for aviation um, in the military, came out of the military, uh, went into general aviation and, and never looked back since. Um, and, and so much so now that, that my love is far more for, for aircraft and aviation than perhaps it is for electronics. So it's kind of gone full circle. Well, you've certainly had a distinguished career and, I believe back in April 2006 is when you became the co-owner of IAE along with Andy Baker. And as your business has been successfully maintaining aircraft now for so many years, what do you attribute to your company's growth? And uh, I'm also curious, can you tell me, tell us a little bit about your, your brand new 25,000 square foot maintenance facility? Yeah, I mean, to answer the question on, on the company's growth, I think it's, it's just being honest, straight and good communication with customers, managing their expectations, whether it be a maintenance input or, or an installation, 
just really managing that and 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 keeping them informed of the progress and how it is progressing. I've always found that to be um, extremely valuable, um, and, and customers love that feedback that they get from us, and they want to come back again. Certainly on the maintenance side, you know, we do a good job, and they always want to keep coming back. Um, installation is a little bit more challenging, you know, it's, it's new it's new work each time, um, predominantly, but you know, you get your name out there, um, and customers, you know, hear about it, and most of our work, we do very little advertising. Most of our work is from word of mouth, which I think speaks volumes for, for what we do. Um, going on to the, uh, to the new facility, yeah, I mean, fantastic. You know, we, we, uh, we, we, we had a previous facility at, at, at Cranfield and the lease expired uh, on that facility. And so we, uh, we had to make a move. Thankfully, we had an 18 month window to try and identify somewhere. And, and once we saw Little Storton and, and what was available there, um, and once we got the uh, the architects involved and they showed us a vision of what could be built um, to go from an old World War II hangar to what we have now purpose built. And what I would say, certainly in the UK, probably in, in a large chunk of Europe is is really a premier facility for general aviation. Um, you know, customers, our existing customers are blown away. Our new customers that come in, they have such confidence in what we do just from looking at the facility and what we have and what we've invested. And it's not without its challenges, you know. I mean, we, we obviously did that right in the middle of, of uh, Brexit, right in the middle of, of, of COVID, um, which actually was an, a, a, a tremendous advantage to us because um, I think the building trade was suffering um, labour-wise. Um, so we were able to flood um, our site with as much labour as they could. And I think uh, from breaking ground in July 2020, we uh, we had it built and moved in late October, early November. So, yeah, fantastic. And 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 for me now, it's it's, it's kind of a, an additional 30 minutes drive. So it's, an, it's about an hour's drive to work each day. But I relish it. You know, relish going in. Just so proud of what we built. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it. It really is fantastic. Now, uh, congratulations to you on the on the new facility Thanks. and uh, that that's incredible news. And you mentioned Brexit there. I know with uh, with your business uh, IAE located in the in the UK, you obviously had to steer your business through Brexit uh, after the UK voted to leave the European Union in 2016, and then of course it officially left the trading block in January 2020. Um, but since aviation is an industry without borders. How did Brexit impact your company? And I'm also curious, how did it impact the aviation industry as a whole throughout the UK and the European Union? Yeah, it's been challenging. Um, you know, nobody really knew in the lead up to Brexit what we were going to be faced with because there was obviously negotiations between um, the European Union and the UK government as to whether it was going to be a hard, medium or soft Brexit. As it was, they, they couldn't come to an agreement, so it was pretty much a hard Brexit. And, and there's been a lot of fallout from that because, um, uh, you know, we, the rules that were in place and were, were, were relatively straightforward, um, certainly for the importing and exporting of aircraft and parts. Um, there now means, seems to be more barriers in place than there really needs to be. And that's, I guess that's quite political um, as the reasons why that is. So that's been challenging, you know, bringing aircraft in. Um, We've also, you know, we previously could work on any European registered aircraft, um, and, and now we we had to uh, we had to give in our uh, EASA certificate, and so we can only now work on UK and US um, registered aircraft. So there's a bit of loss of business there, um, not too much, but a little bit that we 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 did have some uh, European registered aircraft that we were able to maintain. Um, but again, um, unfortunately, for whatever reason, um, EASA um, 
have charged quite high fees for us to to continue that. So we weren't able to continue. That just didn't make any financial sense to keep that going. Hopefully, you know, further down the line, they might review that. We might be able to uh, to start working on their aircraft again. And I, and I think it's just um, it's just a case for the UKCA to really grow back into the role that they had pre EASA. Um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of the the UKCA staff uh, left the UK and went to went to Cologne and worked uh, with EASA. So there's a there's a core of of of, uh, of the UKCA um, surveyors and inspectors that that they need to to grow back into into uh, into their roles again and i think once they do that I'm, I'm really hopeful that that you know once we can establish those uh, relationships again you know uk uh, ca to faa uh, maybe get that bilateral expanded out and 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 it might actually become a little bit easier for us than it is probably for um for easa member states um you know we're obviously a smaller country and i'm hoping that we have a little bit more flexibility and that as i say we can uh, we can push on through and, and make life a little bit easier for us because, you know, I think we are a global industry. We need to be a global industry. And I think um, some of the regulations that we have probably do need to be more aligned throughout the throughout the world as opposed to individual countries trying to, to set their own uh, requirements. So I'm hopeful that that's what can happen in the future. Yeah, global industry indeed. And Gary, you were first elected AA chairman in March of 2019, and uh, and you became the first chairman for the AA outside North America. Uh, so made a little bit of history there. And you coincidentally began your first day as chairman uh, was the same day that Mike Adamson took over as the association's new president and CEO when he succeeded Paula Dirks after her retirement. And then, uh, unbeknownst to anyone at that time, in, in just less than a year under your leadership, the world faced its worst uh, international health crisis in more than a century when COVID-19 hit. So I know this was especially frustrating for you, uh, particularly since you were unable to attend a few AEA events due to the international travel restrictions. And with the AEA, as you mentioned, being such an international organization with, with members in 40 countries around the globe, uh, I think things may have gotten back to a little bit more normal last month when you and Nearly 100 attendees from outside the United States were able to attend the AA convention uh, in New Orleans, and it was a very successful show uh, from all counts. Uh, total attendance was 1,352 uh, industry professionals, to be exact. So tell us a little bit, you know, what did it mean to you personally to be back at the AA convention this year? And, and also, what was your overall impression of the show in New Orleans? Well, first and foremost, to, to be back at convention meant a great deal, certainly being the chairman of, uh, of the board of directors. Um, uh, really missed that back in, in, in 2021, obviously 2020, when we couldn't have a, uh, a convention at all. So, yeah, felt a little remote. Um, you know, I never gave a little small little speech at the, uh, at the 2021 convention in Dallas, but, you know, not to be there, not to be part of it um, was a little frustrating. Um, but this year, uh, yeah, everything that I missed, I relished this year being at convention, um, meeting face to face, um, going into that exhibit hall, speeding with exhibitors, attending training sessions um, was just so good. It was just, it gave you a sense of why the association is so important. Convention is such a special time um, for everyone in the membership and, uh, and that, I think that ability to walk down, as I say, through uh, the exhibit hall talk to exhibitors, 
and everyone's so positive because I think everyone's so pleased to be there again. And I know you know a fair a fair portion went last year, but obviously a lot of the as you say a lot of the international members didn't, and so they were just so happy to be there. And even just the the social events in the evening, you know, just to share a beer with somebody, chat over you know, a bit like we are now chatting over some of the things that are happening within our regions and the difficulties that you might have and what's good and what's bad. It was really you can't underestimate the value in that. So yeah, for me. Always loved convention. I've um, been going for many years now, and so to miss it for the last two just made it extra special this year for sure. Well, it was great to have you back and all the other international guests. And once again, we are visiting with former AEA chairman Gary Joyce here on AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Gary, before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, the entire aviation industry was already struggling with workforce challenges, not having enough technicians to keep up with demand, and COVID certainly did not help with that. And aviation is not the only industry that's dealing with workforce development issues. Uh, I think another side effect from the pandemic has been the supply chain crisis that we've seen across the globe in so many industries. So from your perspective, how are aviation businesses throughout the UK and all of Europe dealing with both those workforce issues and the supply chain constraints? Okay, so I think dealing with workforce, I'm um, actually doing both topics. The, the, the headline is this isn't, it's not a UK or Europe specific issue, it's a global issue. Um, and um, from the work side, uh, workforce side of things, it's, it's. I think it's a society issue, you know, we, 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 we've, we've grown up now probably for the last 15 or 20 years. As I said earlier in, in the interview, you know, I tinkered with radios when I grew up, and I don't think the younger generation do that anymore. We, we pretty much live in a throwaway society, so they don't get that experience to be able to tinker with things. And I do think from, uh, certainly from a mechanical side of, of, of aircraft, um, there's some challenges there. You know, the basic concepts of engineering it just isn't there anymore. Um, and a lot of people now, I think, that certainly from children's perspective, they, they, they feel like they failed their education if they don't go to university. And, and of course, you know, being on the hangar floor, you don't need a degree. Um, what, what's more important is somebody who's got hands-on and, and, and practical and common sense really is what we need. So, um, but having said all that, you know, we've not done a particularly good job uh, as an industry to go and attract those young people. Um, you know, I said that I had a squadron leader visit my school and that was my first exposure to aviation and that's what needs to happen. Um, you know, aircraft electronics, we have some fantastic products out there, uh, primary flight displays, multifunctional displays, um, engine management, uh, autopilots, and we should be shouting from the rooftops and demonstrating this equipment to young people because they'd get excited and they'd want to get into the industry. And one thing we do know about people that get into this industry, predominantly large quantities of people that enter the industry stay in the industry because they love it. They love they love the day-to-day -day life that they have within our industry. It's so interesting. So I think we need to do a better job of attracting those people. Um, and from that, then we grow, we grow that workforce alliance back up again. And to your second point with regards to um, the... Um, supply chain issues i think actually it, it, in a strange way the issues with workforce development has actually helped with the global uh, part shortage because a lot of shops are booked out you know because perhaps we don't have as many staff as we should do they're booked out six seven eight months um and so those part shortages which are probably coming in at a similar kind of of, of lead time they're actually managing that because they're booked out so far uh, in advance and i think um 
had we been in a better position for workforce, I think the global part shortage would be more of a concern. And, and I'm sure it is for many companies, but I think, you know, certainly from when I chatted in, in New Orleans to many companies, that was the feedback that I got was that um, because they're so booked out, it's not so much of an issue. Um, but I do commend the manufacturers for the great job that they're doing in keeping um, keeping us all abreast of those lead times. And, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. You know, we, we may well find that it gets... Uh, a little bit more difficult before it gets better um but um but hopefully we uh we can start to see things improve shortly and that is definitely some great insight there gary and of course despite those the challenges of covid the workforce development and those supply chain issues that you mentioned uh you were still able to work with your fellow board members along with mike adamson through a strategic planning process that led to a new vision, mission, and guiding principles. And that's going to steer the AEA into the next decade. Um, can you describe for our listeners what that process looked like uh, and how this newly adopted strategic plan will help fulfill the AEA's vision to power safer and more efficient flight? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what you have to remember is that, that this is very much still work in progress. Um, you know, uh, as you say, um, Mike and I started in the role together three years ago, and um, and it was over a meeting, I think, in Cologne that we had, where we kind of just wanted to brainstorm um, the association and, and the good points, and you know, objectively, some of the not so good points maybe, and and that's where the strategic planning came out of. That was, you know, look, we wanted somebody to come in and help the board um, and guide us through. You know, what should we be looking at? Where, where should we look to improve and modernize? Uh, and Dr. Renz, uh, the facilitator, came in and has done a fantastic job in helping us steer us along. And from that, you know, the, the formation of, of several new committees uh, has come out. And, and that's why I say it's pretty much at the moment a, a work in progress because those committees have only really just started up. But, you know, the, the, the expectation is to, is to try and 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 grow membership benefits you know um maybe have a, a look a potential restructure of, of the aea itself but i think predominantly it's just to grow the benefits for for the membership and so that's what we're, we're focused on is i think there's a membership category looking at um of all aspects of the membership and, and and you know are we attracting the right um companies to to um our association then on to uh um, workforce development, which yeah, is huge, as we spoke about already, and, and, and as I've said already, how, we, how can we attract those young people into our industry? Um, and this thing will grow. You know, it, it's not it, it's 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 not a it's not a quick fix. It's something that's going to take many many years to implement. Um, and I just look forward to obviously I'm the immediate past chair, I'll still be involved, but I do look forward to the next five to ten years to see what it's going to look like because I'm quite excited. I think. Um, I think laying the foundations has been great, and then uh, just to see this thing run will be uh, very exciting. And, and last month in New Orleans at the AA convention, the board elected Bill Hanf to succeed you as the AEA's next chairman. And Bill is the founder and the owner of Green Mountain Avionics in Middlebury, Vermont. And as you know, he served as your vice chairman uh, over the past years. So what can you tell us about Bill and, and, and what can we expect to see from him as the newly elected board chairman? Well, Bill's very much like myself. He's got a similar background, uh, military, and then now has moved into uh, to owning a, a, a relatively small part 23 shop. Um, he's got great values, um, really like the guy. Um, 
we grew into the role as a board member you know first term like we all are a little bit shy and reserved but um his second term you know extremely vocal great insight um and made an ideal candidate to be chairman of the board um and, it, and it's so what's great for me is to see him his growth through the board and 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 for him to be rewarded for that i think is fantastic he's got a real passion for the membership and in particular for the harmonization of uh, uh, manufacturers and uh, and the membership is something he's very passionate about and i think he he alluded to that in his opening remarks at convention um so very pleased for him um much the same as as, as my predecessor david Lowe so offered to me i've offered to bill any time that he you know he needs a, a chat because it is a little bit daunting sometimes when you've taken a, a new role on as chairman of that board they are quite a vocal bunch um you know it is always nice to have somebody to lean on so i've offered him that sure he won't need it but but he knows that the offer's there um and yeah as i say it's just great to see somebody with with such passion um you know get rewarded and get to the position that he's in because um he certainly has that passion um so yeah i think he's going to do an absolutely great job well gary joyce thank you once again for your many years of service to the aea and the entire membership the board and the staff are extremely grateful to you for your leadership and we look forward to your time serving as our immediate past chairman and also seeing you later this year at the AEA Europe Connect Conference. So is there anything that we missed or that you'd like to include for our listeners? Um, just a couple of things really want to say, you know, thank you to all of the AEA staff, for the hard work that you do. Um, I'm sure the membership appreciate it. And for those that don't fully understand what you do, you guys do a hell of a lot of work considering how few few of you there are you know the amount of work that you do it's shown at convention you know that things just works like clockwork and i know obviously from my involvement on the board and especially as chairman just how hard you guys work so i do want to thank all of you for the work that you do and then you know pretty much what i said in in in, in at convention is to you know anybody who thinks oh you know i could never be on a committee or i could never be a board member or i could never be the chairman of the board well hey guess what you really can just get involved you know go speak to a member of staff see what the requirements are, see what the level of, of involvement is. And it's so rewarding, it really is. And, and I think that is one of the biggest parts for me of, of this strategic planning process is really to get the membership more involved in the association and how it runs. Because once you do that, you get a better feel for the association, get a better feel for the membership and what the membership wants. And as I say, it's incredibly rewarding. So yeah, thank you very much. You're very welcome. And Gary, thanks again so much for joining us here on AA Amplified. Best of luck to you and your entire team at IAE for a successful year. And let me also remind our listeners of a few important items before we go. The annual Avionics Training Excellence Award recognizes AA members for their total commitment to training. And to qualify, an AA member company must submit a completed ATE award application and provide proof of participation in an AA recognized training event for every employee technician from January to December of the award year. Applications for the 2021 award are due by May the 1st. So that's coming up soon here. So get those award applications in by May the 1st. To learn more, visit aea.net slash training slash ATE. Also be on the lookout for an AEA Connect conference coming to a location near you later this year. Specific locations, dates, and training schedules will be announced in the near future, and you can look for that information coming soon at aea.net slash connect. 
And finally, if your company is hiring, don't forget to post your career opportunities on the AEA Jobs Board at aea.net slash jobs. Free resume posting is also available for those job seekers out there. So check it out at aea.net slash jobs. And that's going to wrap it up for today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of products, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to former AEA Chairman Gary Joyce for being our guest today. And until next time here on AEA Amplified, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you blue skies ahead. And so long, everybody.